only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are actually listening to the very first episode of Discussing Who. So what is Discussing Who? Who is Discussing Who? I think let's first talk about who is Discussing Who, and then we'll get into a little bit more exactly what this podcast is going to be about. So to get started, I will introduce myself. My name is Kyle Jones. I am a longtime fan of Doctor Who, but I've also been a longtime fan of comic books and sci-fi. And I am joined by two other people who will be joining me regularly on this podcast. The first one is, I will call him a partner in crime with the Podshock proportions, and that is my companion on Doctor Who Podshock, along with several other people. Lee and I uh, were actually the new kids on the block last year, so I'm going to introduce you, Lee, so take it away. Hey, Lee Shackelford here. Well, tell us about yourself, sir. (laughs) Oh, there's not much to tell. I was um, rocketed to Earth as an infant from the distant planet Krypton, and... um, (laughs) 1938, wasn't it? 1938, and I'm—I think I'm—I think I'm holding together pretty well, all things mm. considered. But, uh, but where, you are wearing a bit thin. A little bit, yes. <laughs> Time for regeneration. Exactly, exactly. Well, the other gentleman is someone who I've worked with over the years, and actually have taught comic books, taught Doctor Who. Clarence, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Clarence. I'm a uh, uh, a full-time programmer, part-time sci-fi enthusiast. <laughs> um, always or the other way around. <laughs> yeah, whichever way. <laughs> but you know, I've always had great discussions with with Kyle about sci-fi, especially uh, Doctor Who. He's kind of been the person who has introduced me to it. So I'm I'm fairly new to it, and my views may be a little bit different from from the popular view of you know the other two guys on this podcast, but. Um, I think it is, it is a valid view, nonetheless. <laughs> no, and that's what Very makes good. this, you know, that's what makes this whole thing uh, fun and interesting. Is you know, everybody brings their own view to it. Everybody brings something different to it. And where someone may see one thing, some person may see something else. 
And one of the perspectives that you said you were going to bring is you're going to be our Q&A person. You're going to be asking us questions that we may be taking for granted simply because, well, we've known about it all these years. So you're, you're going to be the listener's perspective, so to speak. <laughs> At least I'll try to fill that role. All right, good deal. Well, I hope we uh, have different viewpoints because otherwise, um, you know, at least two of us are irrelevant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, if, exactly. If, if the three of us agree on everything. Then we well, you know, the one thing that I think we can all agree on is this is something that we want to be fun. We want it to be just a normal conversation. So for everyone listening, I want you to know that we're going to prepare. We're going to have something that we want to talk about. But on the flip side, we're not going to put a lot of planning and details into it uh, simply because we want the conversation to flow, be organic. And if something comes up and we start talking about A, that's fine. B, that's fine. We just want it to kind of flow. So uh, we'll let you know what we're discussing, but particularly who we're discussing at the very uh, beginning of the show. And that leads us into a little bit of why we're talking about calling this Discussing Who. Um, the first inclination is, if you say Discussing Who, guess what? We're talking about Dr. Who, right? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we purposely designed the logo with the O turning into a question mark. And I have to give Lee credit for that because that was a little bit his idea to make that into something, another name of uh, and a play on the word. So, Lee, I give you credit for challenging us on the name and creating some ideas with the name. So I give you, you know, credit for that. Mm-hmm. So, so what we'll do at the very beginning is let you know who we're talking about, whether it's comic books, whether it's sci-fi, whether it's Doctor Who, whether it's something else. But considering the fact that the main name is Who, this episode we will be talking about none other than the Doctor. Um, so, guys, are you ready to get into it? Let's dive in. Yeah, let's do All it. All right. So, uh, the biggest thing for 2016, I guess, is there will be no Doctor Who in 2016, with the exception of Christmas. Guys, what do you think about it? Well, I guess that wraps us up for talking about who, so let's move on to something else. <laughs> exactly. Uh, again, like the, the newcomers. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Uh, let me just say the newcomers' opinion on this is that um, it's just very unfortunate, it, especially from the way I've watched two, 2006 on. Uh, um, I, Netflix, we're in the age of binge watching, so you know, I've had the, the privilege, I would say, of watching all, most of the episodes pretty much back to back. And you know, going through Doctor Who, then eventually going through Torchwood, and um, and and to when I finally got caught up, I was really excited, but by the same token. You know, I'd go have the, these discussions with Kyle, and when he's telling me it's going to be a year and a half, a year away, you know, it, it's, it's very disappointing for the person that that is kind of just caught up and is, is very interested and ready for something new and fresh. Lee, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm having the same thought. Um, 
uh, Chip Sutter's um, podcast, uh, The Two-Minute Time Lord, which I, I very much enjoy. Um, I was just listening to his segment about, um, about this subject just today, and I, I liked his observation that it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the fandom as we're going through a year of hiatus because we, our level of scrutiny has gotten so high that uh, the, the, the ordinary is no longer sufficient for us. Right. You know? I, I was sort of reading, reading between the lines of what he was saying there, and I feel like maybe it's time to cool down a little bit, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. No, and on top of that, you know, the, the entire decision by the BBC, and I understand that they're trying to look into other ways to make money with their declining revenues, mm-hmm. and the pulling from Netflix, pulling from Hulu, you know, not having that ability for people to stream in the interim, you know, I, I think they're playing a gamble there. You know, I don't know how well that's going to work for them. But you may have noticed that I did leave out Amazon Prime because I read yesterday that come March, the first eight seasons are returning to Amazon Prime. Hmm. So I found that very hmm. interesting. And when you say the first eight, you mean 25, yeah, t- 2005. Yeah, to 2005, <laughs> right. Not, 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 not the original. That would be nice yeah. if, if that, that means that we have actually found the exactly. lost ones. But, 1963 but, to 71, that would be awesome. <laughs> yes, but, but no, the uh, 2005 to forward. And, and are you uh, specifically speaking to the fact that uh, the BBC is, are, having, are coming out with their own streaming, streaming service? Yes, kind of? yes. Okay. Yeah, that's from what I've read, that's mainly a big chunk of the reason why it disappeared from Netflix, disappeared from Hulu, was to because of the licensing and they were wanting to create their own streaming. Do you know when they're supposed to launch that or how, how no, close I haven't heard. Are? I haven't heard. Because I agree, it does seem like for this fandom, the timing is is everything. If they deprive the world of acts of streaming access to doctor who for a year um then they've shot themselves in the foot haven't they they right because you know look at game of thrones i mean that comes out once a year but i could go right now to hbo go or or you know whatever your com you know comcast xfinity Mm -hmm. time warner whoever it might be and i guarantee you if you have hbo you can watch game of thrones and you can probably watch all five seasons if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a very big gamble. Now, in the meantime, we do have at some point this year, however many episodes it may be, we've got what they're calling class, uh, right. the spinoff coming. Mm-hmm. So I, what are I y'all's thoughts I about that? I haven't been able to work up any enthusiasm about that. If uh, I just – I'm – I, I guess I haven't heard the hook yet. I don't. I don't quite get why I'm, I should be excited about this yet. Right, Clarence. Have you have you read mm-hmm. anything? Uh, this is actually the first I've heard of it. Yep, it's basically set in. Well, not basically. It is set in Coal Hill School, and we don't know what the premise is. We don't know who it's starring, and. Could it be that the fact that we don't know the premise, that we don't know who's starring in it, <laughs> could that be part of what's going to wow people in the interim? We'll need more teaser than that, I think. 
I do too. Right. I think so too. When is when is this slated to be released? Like sometime uh, this year. I have no idea. So they're shooting it now. As far as I know. But it doesn't involve Clara as the teacher, right? Uh, as far as I know. Her, her being sort of, spoiler, dead and all. Right. <laughs> to the extent exactly. that she is. Yeah. Um, yeah, because what I immediately thought of was uh, the Sarah Jane adventures. And um, boy, would I love to see more of that. But, um, you know, um, <laughs> God bless him. I, you know, the, the, nobody can bring back Elizabeth Slayton for that. Um, I don't know. It'll be it'll just be interesting to see what 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 what's the sci-fi aspect? What what makes it part of the Doctor Who universe? Other than this being the school where it all started, um, we we've seen unusual things happen at Cole Hill School over the years. So I guess it's a it's a it's a sort of a, a target or a hub. So maybe maybe that's the idea. Well, you know, I'm I'm a little partial to, to Torchwood, but <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think it has had is uh you know they tried several times to bring that show back and you know uh well several several waning seasons I should say or series I should say that kind of kind of didn't pan out to what we wanted it to be, but I mean I would also like to see that come back in some capacity if it's not uh, anything but like a, a short few episodes a mini you know a mini series or something. Yeah, if anything, you know, Torchwood, I think, really does need a real big finish. You know, mm-hmm. I think that would would be good for them. And speaking of big finish. No, but they do. Uh, no pun, exactly. No <laughs> pun intended. Um, you know, and on top of that, you also have the a big finish adventure between the Eighth Doctor and uh, uh, River Song. So... Mm-hmm. So you've got that, you know, airing this year. So you've got different avenues. And, of course, you've got the Doctor Who comics by Titan Comics. If, you know, so you've got ways to get your fix, so to speak. It's just not that traditional. We want our episodes. And, and again, like the time frame to me is just I, I just feel it's too long. When you think about something like, um, just say, Game of Thrones, you only get 10 episodes every year, but they're consistent every year. You know, you know you're going to get them. It's going to be a year gap. You're only going to get 10 episodes, but you know they're coming. So I don't like the difference in time frame uh, from each ser- from series to series. I know the uh, UK budget thing is a lot different than it is in America. So uh, I would just like to see that be a little more concrete with the next uh, era coming up. You know, I think a lot of that, and and you guys, uh, you know, let me know if you disagree. I think a lot of this has put some bad taste in people's mouths, especially uh, for Moffat, um, because you know they kept saying, "Oh yeah, there's not going to be a, a series ten. Oh yes, there is, and it's not going to be a full season. Oh yes, there is." You know, I would have much rather they have done like they did when David Tennant left in 2009, you didn't have a complete season in 2009. You had four specials leading, or three specials leading up to the two-part finale at Christmas and New Year's. Mm -hmm. But you, to harken back to what Clarence just said, you knew that on Easter, sometime during the summer, sometime in the fall, and then, you know, your two right at Christmas and New Year's, you knew when they were. You didn't have this finding out right at Christmas that it'll be next Christmas before you watch it again. 
Right. So, um, mm, yeah. I, and I can't pretend like I, I liked those specials. Um, I, I always wish that I had liked them more. Um, but I, they, they're just, they're not my favorite 10th Doctor adventures by any means. No, but 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 I still but I I still I still agree with what you're saying that it would be nice to at least sort of string something out across. Um, you know, <laughs> the only thing I remember from any of those specials is um, at the end of the one where uh, they had the thing on the desert with the things flying through the desert and the uh, woman telling him, "Your song is ending soon." You yes. know that that's the only thing I remember from that. Mm. Um, you know, I've watched it, but you're but you're right. I I, I don't have any um, any inclination of going back and watching it again. That's right. I've never. Yeah, I I, have, I own those on DVD. I never watch it. Yeah. Huh. This is funny. You know, if we were on Podshock right now, I would say, "Oh, what's the name of that one, Kyle?" Because you always yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm purposely and I'm purposely not looking it up. <laughs> because because we said we were going to be organic, and I'm not going to look it up. There you go. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> know, uh, part of the interactive nature of this is for people to shout at their uh, their pod players and say, "How can you yes. not know the name of that?" Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't Water of Mars. It was it's not uh, Water of Mars. It was. Uh, oh, okay. It'll come to us. <laughs> yeah. If, exactly. if anyone does remember it and is listening to this right now. Tweet it to us at, at Discussing Who on Twitter and let us know what it was. And be sure to use the time travel code so it will get to us uh, on the night when we recorded this. Exactly. <laughs> Wibbly yeah. wobbly. Exactly. All right. Well, speaking of uh, Stephen Moffat, we're going to take a <laughs> quick break. And yes. uh, we're going to do like he did and take a quick break. And we'll be <laughs> right back. And when we come back, we'll talk about what's going to happen once Doctor Who finally does return. So we'll be right back. And we're back. So let's get right back into it. Uh, We were uh, talking about Stephen Moffat right before we left, but let's uh, talk about the guy who will be replacing him and I'm going to try to get his name right. I believe it is Chris Chibnall. Is that right? Yes. Chibnall? Okay. All right. So um, looks looks like Mr. Chibnall has some prior Doctor Who work as well as Broadchurch. Now, there was a U.S. version of that, and there's also the U.K. version. Hmm. The U.K. Uh, version is obviously doing much better than uh, did the United States version because the United States version didn't get renewed. Um, oh, okay. I've been wondering what Grace Point was. So Grace Point yeah. is the U.S. version. <laughs> Bingo. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Both Grace of which, Point, yeah. um, no spoiler intended, uh, stars uh, our very own David Tennant. Mm-hmm. And, and Arthur Darville. Yep. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know he was in it. Yes. Speak, speaking of, he mm-hmm. is also Rip Hunter on um, the DC Legends of Tomorrow, which you know we should talk about at some point. Um, but no, he has worked on. Let's see, he's he's worked on Torchwood. Actually, he was uh, head writer uh, mm-hmm. for Torchwood. 
but he's also written the episode 42 in 2007 for Doctor Who. He has um, also done Law and Order UK. He has in 2010. Oh, go ahead. Which stars Freemagement, I may say. And it also had uh, the fifth Doctor in one of the seasons as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, Peter Davison and uh, yes, and Freemagement. That's true. So and lots of connections there. He's had the Hungry Earth, Cold Blood, for the during the eleventh uh, Doctor's era, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship, The Power mm-hmm. of Three, Pond Life. So you know he's similar to what uh, Moffat had been doing you know sporadically writing episodes before taking over so very much yeah and um, so what do you guys what what do you guys feel about that (laughs) clarence what do you think um i'm you know I, i think it's a good idea to get somebody who has a lot of experience already on the show um I really would have to go back and review some of these episodes to see exactly what type of um, what type of direct shows he did as 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 a director, but or writer. But still, you don't you don't know to what extent or what uh, how much freedom he had in those shows for some of them. So it would you know it's going to be different, which I think it's time for a change, frankly. <laughs> and um, just as long as he comes with fresh ideas, I think we'll be okay. And, and that's the main thing. All right, Lee, what yeah, do you think? Very true, yeah. Well, um, um, Clarence and I were just talking about how much we both uh, love and miss Torchwood, and um, I hadn't really put it all together until just looking at the written by credits, but Chris Chibnall, in a way, really was Torchwood. And um, so I, a lot of those sensibilities he, he would be bringing to the rest of the Doctor Who universe. Uh, one of one of his, his Torchwoods um, is uh, the one called Countryside, which is one of the most troubling hours of television I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's the okay, only, it's the only torture. Uh, there's, there, there's no alien. You know, the, this is the big reveal. There's no, there's no monsters. It's just people. It's just people doing horrible things to each other because we do sometimes. That's the gotcha. end. And I just remember having a, a shiver, you know, during the closing title saying, oh, thanks for that. A little hour of drama, you know, but very, very emotionally satisfying. But, you know, and he's written some of my my favorite hours of Doctor Who. And, you know, once he was announced as being the new showrunner, I immediately had to go run and watch Broadchurch. And um, as we were just saying, thanks to uh, our opportunities to binge these things now. So I watched the first season in one great go, eight episodes, and just found it mesmerizing. And it's the writing. I mean, there are some, there are, fantastic performances in it and it is gorgeous to look at it's a beautifully uh, directed and photographed show but the writing is so precise and so insightful and so i just came away saying oh please oh please (laughs) this this will be this will be a year worth waiting for i think and 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 you know i think part of the weight comes in over the fact of he is committed to doing another um you know, series of Broadchurch and recording that as well as then getting into doing Doctor Who. I mm. think some of this delay is not necessarily Moffat dictated. It's when does this gentleman become available to do Doctor Who? 
Yeah, that would make sense. You know, uh, I would have much rather in hindsight that if they were going to make us wait, do like they did with the four episode, uh, you know, do do a couple of episodes mm-hmm. at the end of the year and then, you know, do more episodes in the spring of next year or just to kind of draw it out a little bit. So, right. all right, so let's let's go back for a second and talk about Moffat. So as an overview, give me your thoughts, and Lee, I'll start with you. Give me your thoughts on what you thought about Moffat, Sarah. Well, as I'm getting excited about Chris Chibnall being the showrunner based on his last work, I'm remembering that I did the same thing about Stephen Moffat. I was saying, hooray, what a... What a worthy successor to Russell T. Davies. And then there's sometimes in these in the, the Moffat era where I've just said, oh, my God, will you please just move on and let somebody else do this? Um, particularly after the beginning of uh, Sherlock, which I think is so bloody brilliant. And, I, and I'm deeply invested in the, the Sherlockian world, you know. So I, I, I came to that kind of with my arms folded. And, and I honestly think that that's where his creative energy has been going. Um, that uh, he and Margatis are they're really in love with Sherlock and, and the work shows over there and that they sort of left Doctor Who to to, uh, to a certain degree wither on the vine. And, um, uh, and that doesn't mean that Moffat hasn't written some wonderful things for, for Doctor Who in the meantime, but it's been uneven and... Mm-hmm. And sometimes just infuriating. I think I think things that we've talked about on on Podshock, where we've we've all admitted to wanting to hurl things at the screen. It's almost always yeah. been in a Moffat script where you said, "Stephen." Well, you know, I, I don't think it was withering on the vine. I'm going to agree, disagree with you. I'm going to say it was left on cruise control. Cruise control is probably a much better image. Yes. You know, so are you particularly talking about the last two seasons, or um, I, uh, yeah, let's take, yeah. yeah, yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, I again, I, I the last two seasons were my were not my favorite, but again, I'm looking at that from a catch up point of view. You know, from somebody again who kind of binged the whole thing. Um, the contrast is is so stark when you look at um, the the uh, the the, tw- the eleven Doctor episodes when he gets in there and, and, and the showrunner takes over. It the episodes are so different. It's just almost like a shock um, of, of how different it is. And overall, you know, I we we have this thing of the long game with his episodes with a lot of office episodes, you know, you get trickles of this over overarching thing that's, you're going to find out at the end of the, of the series. I found that to be frustrating, but also very rewarding. You know, uh, again, these last two seasons, I really didn't enjoy that much, uh, with, with the exception of a few episodes, but, uh, I, I think he did an okay job, you know, Anything, if you do for too long, will start to wane a little bit, you know. Yeah, I, I agree, you know, and I'm, while you were sitting, while you were, while I was sitting here listening to you talk, I was thinking to myself, you know, part of what I did not like about his era was, yes, there was the overreaching art and there was the, you know, mysteries that had to be solved, but there was the same thing with the RTD era. But to me, I didn't get as bored with the RTD era 
simply because there felt like there was a payoff at the end. There were so many things with Moffitt's era that, oh, well, yeah, the, you know, just just take it for what it is. You know, we're never going to explain that. Uh, you know, that's just the way, you know, there really wasn't an explanation on some of those things. And that that's kind of where I'm agreeing with both of you and saying maybe it's just time for a change. Mm. So... Got a question for you. I have a theory. You, you guys interested in hearing it? Of course. Now, this is a this is a long shot, but um, I, I'm going to give you a hint. The numbers 11, 12, and 14. What do you think? What, that that's my theory. Any guesses? 11, 12, and 14. Hmm. It's uh, those are elevator buttons, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we do know that he has uh, he being uh, Chibnall uh, has one more uh, series of Broadchurch to do. Correct. Yes. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I, all right. So and, and you know there may be more after that, but we know right now he's working on that. Who else is working on that with him? Who's the main star? Who's the cop? Yeah, well, thing? well, David Tennant and uh, okay, yeah. David Tennant would then theoretically, uh, possibly, be available after Broadchurch is concluded. Mm. Having said that, that explains eleven, twelve, and fourteen. What if he is the potential replacement for uh, <laughs> since they're already working together. I mean, I know that's that's far out there, but it's not totally impossible. He, mm. d he does like that face after all. Rem he remember? does. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I, don't think that, uh, I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> I don't either, but, but, but I'll, I'll call that wistful thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, Broadchurch, uh, uh, like I said, also has Arthur Darville and, um, and in the first few episodes, um, uh, David Bradley as well, who we've seen not only on Dinosaurs in a Spaceship, written by Chris Chibnall, but um, also in Adventures in Time and Space as uh, William Hartnell. So, um, One so there's day, lots. I should come back. Yes. It was great, yeah. <laughs> I should come back. Yeah. And he was also Walter Frey in Game of Thrones. There you go. So there's so, connections all around. But, um, hmm. So what are you? So let me ask you both this. Name me what? What do you think that? Back to Moffat. What do you think his biggest contribution has been to the whole Doctor Who? And Clarence, I'll start with you this time. Oh man, put me on the spot here. <laughs> what um, came to your mind? What What was the first thing you thought of? I don't know his it, to me just his episode just felt so radically different um and in part is that part of that is a change in doctor but the the writing to me again like I just said before had more of a a a through line um uh, that kind of kept you guessing you know it 
<laughs> you know, I, I know that's what, what, what they're trying to do is keep you guessing the whole time. But to me, his his ideas have been kind of far out there. And I don't know how much of that is him or, or uh, his staff. But I've, I've enjoyed a lot of his writing, you know, with the exception of the last two seasons. Um, I, I thought it's been great. And, you know, I, I think just that through line throughout the series has been kind of his his main thing for me um, of, of, of hints of what of the same thing every episode or every few episodes, you know, that kind of kept you in in for the long haul. Got you. Lee, what say ye? Well, you know, as a writer, I'm, I'm always looking to see what somebody's stamp is going to be on something like this. And, and I I. I I'll have to do the research. I, I, I wonder if somebody who might hear this knows the answer. Um, uh, Moffat wrote the, Doctor, the Empty Child and the Doctor Dances. Um, I don't know if that means that he created and owns the character of uh, Captain Jack. Hmm, um, interesting. And he, of course, wrote uh, Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead. So did, does, is he responsible for River Song? Right. Um, well, well, I would say the answer to that is yes. You know, at least from River, from from the River perspective. So that's huge in in the Doctor Who world. If he gave us Captain Jack and River Song, um, I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know how much of that was part of the orderly transition of power from RTD. If he if he had these notes and or characters in mind, or but um, and also the Paternoster Gang. Hmm. So yeah. we, now we've got <laughs> now, now a lot of us Sherlock Holmes fans know who was really behind some of those cases that Watson recorded since they all exactly. seem to have actually been done by Madame Vaster. Um, uh, but um, so th- those are those are really, really big things in terms of characters that are added to the canon. You know, and I think uh, you hit on something very important. I mean, you know, as fa- as fans, we can sit here and dissect and re-dissect and re-dissect again, triple dissect, and just tear it down as much as we want. But at the end of the day, every single one of them have brought something new, whether, sure. it, you know, whether it appealed to everyone. You know, that's like what you guys said at the very beginning. If we all sit here and agree, then how boring is that? You know? <laughs> right. Well, well, I have a question. Question for you okay. guys, real quick. What do you What do you think they can do different with the series? I mean, we've had so many iterations and all type of ideas thrown at us, and you know, vast array of aliens, different planets. What What do you think that the next person, the showrunner, can bring that's different to Doctor Who? Ooh, good one. And I'm going to let the writer. That, you know, that is I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of a writer, but you're the you're the writer. Well, Lisa, I was, go for it. I was just, I, I'm on um, uh, Stephen Moffat's IMDb page, so I'm reading all of his contributions to Doctor Who, and I'm thinking, there, there's a point in the, the recent series where my wife said, that's it, I'm done watching this show. And it was the umpteenth time that the whole universe disappeared because the Doctor's in danger, or that, that alien races fled at the mere mention of his name. You know, at the point at which he becomes God, there's nothing else to write about, and nobody cares. Superman dilemma. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it, it's it's the Superman dilemma raised to an insane power, and and there's no kryptonite. <laughs> and I, I, 
And what I was sensing with some of the things that were going on with the Peter Capaldi's doctor is sort of um, um, busting him back down to a level that is interesting to us. Uh, and so I, I, I really, I was really, I really, I liked that direction, you know. Um, and then, damn it, in the Husbands of River song, River believes that he can't love her because he's too big. He's too important for her. And I'm saying, Moffat, stop it. What is your problem, dude? <laughs> you just, can you? Anyway, so I would love yeah. to see a new showrunner. One of the things that I think worked about the series in the classic era is that he's, he's on the run. He's at odds with the Time Lords. He doesn't know how this machine works <laughs> sometimes, you know, that sometimes yeah. he, he got in these situations by accident and honestly doesn't know what to do. And it, I, and I liked that. Um, and, and it was not an assumption that he's going to win in the end. Um, and, and a lot of the, uh, the, the, uh, the regeneration stories that were the most successful from the classic era came because, um, he tried. You had no idea just, they were coming. Exactly. I mean, yeah. When uh, when uh, the fifth doctor, uh, you know, is dying of uh, spectrox toxemia. I love that name. Um, he says, "I don't know. It feels different this time. You know, this may be it. I may be dying now." Um, right. Uh, and he'd still done the right thing, but but it's it's a mess. It's a total hopeless mess. And and we didn't expect that the universe in chorus was going to make things right for him. And I, I, I miss that. So I would really like to see a new showrunner, you know, um, I don't know, help to keep him on a level that's, that's possible. I, drawing the parallel with Superman is really, that's, that's really profound that, because it is, it's the same problem. How do we yeah. keep relating to this character if, yeah, if yeah, he's a guy. Yeah, you know, and that's, it's interesting that you brought up Superman because in the comics, they have actually had a storyline going on for the about the past two years that actually had Superman in blue jeans and a T-shirt, mm -hmm. and he could no longer fly. He had lost majority of his powers. So that's, you know, interesting that we brought up that analogy, yeah. and they have been dealing with that in the very comics themselves. So... Um, yeah, the, the period know, that I grew up when when I was growing up, uh, I'm, I'm a Silver Age comics guy. So at the time when I was reading Superman as a young as a as a you know in my early teens, was when he could travel through time and when he had super memory and things like that. <laughs> yes, super <laughs> hypnosis and, and super hypnosis, right? And, and on and on. Wow. And there was the whole <laughs> fleet of super animals. And, you know, yes, it's just yeah. We, Lee, were you around? Uh, did you read Crisis on Infinite Earths? No, no, and uh, so okay. I, I'm kind of on the outside of that one, but uh, all right. Well, then, then, then you will definitely need to talk about the original Crisis because that's one of my very favorite stories. Yes, it wrecked the DC universe in many ways, <laughs> but uh, I remember that's this the price. Was price. Yeah, yeah, literally. And speaking of price, it's funny that you said that. I remembered, and this is the most I've ever spent for a comic book. It was back in 97, 98, 99. They collected this 1985 12-issue uh, comic series into a hardcover, and I think at mm. the time I paid like 90 $99 for this hardcore, I mean, not hardcore, hard, uh, <laughs> hard, uh, whatever. That's a different um, podcast completely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, comics. So anyway, I, 
of the crisis. So yes, we definitely need to talk about a hundred bucks. Yeah. Hokey smoke bullwinkle. Yeah. And you know, I, yeah. So, um, well, it looks like we've pretty much covered everything. Uh, want to wrap up by, uh, talking one other thing is as, but before I do that, I want to ask you to, is there anything else that we've not covered that you want to talk about? Clarence? Um, nothing I can think of right now. All right. When we were Go talking ahead, about Lee. comics earlier, I wanted to do a shout out to to a new friend. I was um, invited uh, to be uh, one of the speakers and guests at NerdCon in Huntsville, Alabama, at the uh, the Rocket City NerdCon. And uh, one of the other um, special guests there was uh, Simon Fraser, who draws the Eleventh Doctor comics for Titan. Oh, cool! And um, yeah, indeed, and. But the con being what it was, you know, we both had our panels to our, our presentations to do, after which we just got to hang out. So I spent a good afternoon with Simon Fraser watching him drawing his dead on likenesses of Matt Smith, you know, in 30 seconds the way he does. He did, he drew, he drew a Tom Baker for me without reference from memory that is a, a gorgeous piece of art that I'm always going to cherish. But, um, I just wanted to to say hi, Simon, and um, and and point people towards his website, which is simonfraser.net. Um, Fraser spelled F-R-A-S-E-R. And if you're not reading the Titan Doctor Who comics, you should have a look at them. He's uh, the the he works very closely with these writers, so he there's a degree to which he's writing them as well as uh, as well as illustrating them. But it's um, they're they're very interesting adventures, and um, he's getting to do some fun things with them. Well, you know what? I challenge you, Lee, to, yeah. uh, to have him come on and talk to us Ooh, about that sometime. That would be really fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he lives so, in the U.S. now, but not that that matters in the Skype universe. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. But, um, you know, Simon, you, have, you heard it here first. You've got <laughs> an open invitation. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah. So, Clarence, do you have anything? I was just going to ask, are the comics considered canon? Mm, not he really. Sa- he says that he that everything that they do as story has to be cleared by the BBC. Right, right. So, uh. so to his way of thinking, that makes everything canon. Mm, okay, um, I could go with that. And he, <laughs> in fact, this is one of the things that was on his panel that I thought was interesting. There's a... Um, uh, a sequence in one of his um, one of his comics where he shows the doctors being forced the the doctor being forced to um, I don't know how to describe this but it it's a montage uh, image of all of the doctors incarnations and lives so there's sort of first doctor who's m- morphing into second doctor and so on and so on and the last doctor is the older fourth doctor that we saw in. Oh, help me out here! The day of the doctor, right? Right. The care, the the the, the, uh, the not caretaker, the caretaker, the curator, curator, the curator, curator, curator right? The curator. And he had drawn him as being what looks like in the drawing the last life of the doctor. So there's cool. your there's your idea of a face coming back again. But he said that since that was cleared by BBC. That makes it canon. <laughs> right. But that was him hey, coming hey, back. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going with that. Well, and he has... I'm he, going with that. He has created a character, um, uh, Nikolai Dante, is the character that he has uh, been, been drawing for, for years. And um, 
um, oh, can we got to help me out here again with episode titles? The the one where they're doing the uh, where uh, uh, Peter Capaldi and uh, Jenna Coleman are doing the they're doing the crime caper one where they've got to uh, it's the like the Mission Impossible one where uh, they've got to get things out flat, of the, the you, you know what I'm talking about. It's not Flatline. Right? No, um, the Mission Impossible. You talking about yeah. with Trap Street? Yes. Yeah, that no, was no, Face no, the Right No, no, no. no. Um, um, it's it's like it's like a, it's like a multiple bank vaults and so on. They've got to get past this door and then get past. Oh this, yeah, 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 yeah. Time something, wasn't it? Yes, I think so. And I'm <laughs> uh, uh, time heist. Thank you. Yes, thank you, time Andrew. Heist, That's yes. Time heist. Yes. Anyway, they're going through a database of dangerous criminals. Uh, at one point, they're looking through suspects—you know, people who might have, have tried to break in—and briefly on the screen is Nikolai Dante, is uh, Simon Fraser's uh, character. So he says, "Boom! That makes that Doctor Who canon, also." So, cool. Anyway, cool. well, what I will do is uh, no, no, no. What I will do is we ha- we have a blog that we are starting for this podcast. It can be found at discussingwho.tumblr.com, and I will put up some information uh, about the time this uh, first episode goes out about Simon's uh, work and provide a link as well to his website. So that'll get get that up there. And uh, in the meantime, uh, just want to ask you guys real quick, is there anything else you guys are working on that you'd like to share with us? Clarence, I'll let you go first. Uh, nothing right now. Just um, follow me on Twitter if you want to. That's at Woodunball. I know it's really weird, but it spells just like it sounds. <laughs> and um, can't wait for the next episode. All right, Lee? Yeah, same here. I've almost always got um, you know juggling um, 12 balls at once. But uh, right now, I, I don't really have a lot going on. But yeah, um, uh, we're counting on people to uh, want to look at your blog and... Uh, figure out how to contact us and follow us around. So Right. And and speaking of following Lee and I around, I want to give a shout out to two other podcasts that you guys who are listening to us will probably get tired of hearing about. But <laughs> the reason that we'll be talking about them as much as we do is because I, I don't think, I can't speak for Clarence, but Lee and I would not be sitting here doing a podcast about Doctor Who, I wouldn't think, if it weren't for uh, three people, especially, that do uh, podcasting, one of which, of course, is the gentleman we call the Podfather, or at least Lee calls him that, <laughs> uh, Louis Trapani, the brainchild behind Doctor Who Podshock, and then, of course, um, Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper and Ian Bissett of the Cultum Collective, but also of Doctor Who Podshot. So if you want to follow Lee and I around, we will be recording the next episode along with those gentlemen of Podshot within the next week. So uh, we've taken a brief little hiatus around the holidays, but we're about to get cooking once again. So in the meantime... We thank you for listening to the first episode. There's a lot more to come. And to the gentleman joining me in the console room this evening, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And we will have a lot more to come. Uh, Probably in the next couple of episodes, since we spent so much time talking about Doctor Who, we'll focus maybe on comic books or sci-fi or something like that. So thank you for listening. Uh, Look for us on iTunes and... If that's 
it. We're out of here. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.